And welcome to Hey, Let's Talk About It, the podcast where we talk about, well, all kinds of stuff. It's different every month. Unless you're listening to this in the fall-off future, and we go back to a topic, I can't tell time. No. <laughs> Wait, that's the joke! Nope, that's the joke. <laughs> Let's keep going. But I like it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say I can't tell the future, but I guess I also can't tell time. <laughs> I am Charlie, they, them, or he, him. I am Cassidy, she, her. And I'm Crash, they, them. And this month we are talking about a topic that is relevant to all of the hosts, gender. Yeah. Gender. I hardly even know her. but before we get into that topic what have you guys been into lately crash Mm. you should go first because i think i know (laughs) what your answer might be all right all right well um so mine's actually kind of like multi-tiered so I've been very into Final Fantasy XIV lately. Um, we are gearing up for the next expansion, as we covered in our last exp- uh, episode. And the early access starts in about a month. So um, it's it's coming up. New stuff is coming up for the game. Um, last night, uh, May 23rd, they released the uh, Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers benchmark, which... Those of you who don't know what that is exactly, pretty much it's like a a demo version of like a pre-made video that they run that you can run on your computer to see how well you can like run the game when it, the full version comes out in due time. Um, it's you know pretty. It shows off some of the new monsters, shows off, shows off some of the new fights, some of the new armor locations, mounts. It's great. We love it, um, but. Most importantly, most importantly, they also release a new character creator with it. So for this time, they gave us the options to make Hrothgar and Viera the two new player options that they've been talking about and talking about and talking about through all the fan fest um, kind of build up and hype. So um, I got to get my hands on uh, Viera and Hrothgar. Um, they rule. I like them a lot. <laughs> They're still cowards for not giving us bunny boys. Absolutely. And now that I've seen the the lion people, I want lion women even more. Um, we may get it later, but um, we already unpacked that. I don't want to unpack or I don't want to like open that can of worms again. But um, I will say the Vieira's faces are um, very pretty. They have one face that kind of is a bit more like mature and severe. That's probably what I'm going to go with for one of my characters or one of my like retainers. Um, The one I did make in the benchmark is very like very pretty and round face. She's got like purple hair and I really like how your hair color is also your ear color and the highlights you do for your hair also um, on certain ear styles match. So like the one of the ear styles, your highlight, your highlight hair color is also the tip of your ear color, which is adorable. Um, 
and then I got to play with Hrothgar. Hrothgar, um, so they're like the big line people that are kind of original to Final Fantasy XIV. There's no like counterpart to them in a, a previous game, but um, pretty much they chose to kind of go a little bit more focused and limited with their character creation options. But um, because of that, I think a lot of them are very different looking from each other. There's pretty much four faces and each face only has two different hairstyles. But um, like all the other player creation mo- uh, options, they're like two tribes. So the the Hellion tribe is uh, very like warm colors for your like skin tone. So you, they've got like oranges and browns and reds and yellow, like actual like almost Pikachu piss yellow. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, the other tribe, the Lost, is very cool colors. So there's like blue, purple, grays. Um, so my character that I made that I really liked is the Lost tribe, and um, he's got like pretty like lion looking face. I would say um, a little like cat mustache. He's pretty like blue purple, and I think he's very handsome. The best cats have mustaches. Right? Yeah, I didn't the mustache know I is a it. very good look for that cat. <laughs> yeah. It is, and, definitely. And, like, I, I've, I'm i in some discords with other people who are, um, you know, Final Fantasy fourteen fans, and um, this face is pretty popular. It's, it's, a, it's a cloud pre- crowd pleaser, but a lot of people are not using the mustache with it. So at least, like, even if I use, you know, the most popular face, air quotes, whatever, um at least mine's going to look a little bit different because I haven't seen any of them that are running like a blue character, uh, color palette and nobody's really using the mustache. So I feel like I'll at least stand out from the rest of them. But um, yeah, so they, they did like a big press event yesterday as well before the benchmark came out. That's like highlighting all like the new job changes they're doing, you know, showing off Gunbreaker and Dancer. Dancer looks crazy. Um, I don't know if y'all saw anything about this, but they essentially have like a Simon Says mini game. Oh. So you like push a button and you're like, okay, I'm going to buff the team now. And you get these like color prompts and you have to push the right steps in sequence and it changes it every single time. So you can't just memorize a dance. You have to pay attention to the prompts. Oh. And there's one that's like standard step, which is only two steps long, which is like, okay, whatever, like one, two, fine. But the crazier one that has, I think, the better buffs is technical step, and that is four steps long. Oh, wow. Yeah, it looks wild. Um, one of the other core gameplay features is you pick another player you're in party with and they become your dance partner. And whatever buffs you apply to your character also get applied to your uh, dance partner as well and your dance partner as they do their rotation and attacks will buff you the dancer that sounds really rad yeah it's it'll be really interesting to see how that gels with um upcoming raid content you know just like dungeons how's it gonna play with other dps that are a little bit more greedy that don't necessarily bring <laughs> that level of support um and also it'll be interesting to see how dancer interacts with other range dexterity classes like machinist and bard 
who previously had about equal levels of support capabilities, but now it feels like dancers like on the scene and they're like, I'm the queen of support and you guys are just here to do damage and deal with it. Um, but we won't know until the game drops and people actually start getting into like raid dungeons to see like class balance and crap like that. Um, the other funny thing that I've been doing with Final Fantasy XIV is I've been modding the hell out of it. Um, <laughs> I can't post it on public because some of it's not safe for work, but, um, I just, I've plunged like f- head first into like the manipulation and modding of Final Fantasy 14 and it is so much fun. There's a lot of really talented artists who do like retexture work for some of the character models and like porting in outfits from other mmos it's it's absolutely wild and definitely against the terms of services but it is really cool and as long as we don't talk about it too publicly then i think it's fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah i follow like one or two final fantasy 14 twitter accounts even though i don't play this multiplayer game Mm -hmm. um but i did like there was like a month or so where this person was just like detailing their slow process into modding mm-hmm. and then also isn't there like an artificer mod that gives you the chaos emeralds probably <laughs> see i haven't really done anything like wild like that yet like there are some that are like whole cloth like swapping mount models and like changing furnishings i'm mostly doing things like your character is no longer wearing underwear, things like that. Or your character has body hair and enhanced textures for their muscles and increasing their pec size and you know, so, stuff like that. So more horny mods then. It's, it, I, mean, I mean, I've been playing male characters, which I haven't done in a little bit, just to play horny characters, yes. <laughs> okay, here it is. The Astro Chaos Emeralds. Oh, uh, it's for Astrologian. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the class changes for healers. I know um, that's a little bit of a sore point for some people who are actual healer mains, not like me, who I'm actually really looking forward to tank changes. But um, it looks like the one of the design philosophies that going into this expansion, it kind of feels like is a lot of the classes that occupy the same role are being a little bit homogenized. So it's not about bringing a class to a raid. You want good raiders to come to a raid. Like, um, for example, one of the things that this game had previously was um, Dragoons had the ability to decrease a target's resistance to piercing attacks. So that meant Bards and Machinists would do bonus damage if they were paired with a Dragoon. So they have a kind of a natural synergy. So a lot of people's raid compositions were made to accommodate that. Um, and then you have, you know, two out of four DPS slots and you're like, okay, what do I do with the other slots? And they're like, you know, bring like a red mage and then they'll bring like, I don't know, a samurai or a monk, you know, whatever in the last slot. But um, they're kind of de-emphasizing like little interactions like that and making it so it's more like, bring people to the raid that can handle mechanics who can keep high amounts of damage versus we have to sit in, you know, we have to sit around in town waiting for a bar to join our team and, and we have to, you know, we hope they're good. 
that's happened to me so many times raiding where like we've literally waited an hour for a bard just to get buffs and stuff like that and i feel like hopefully that'll be like discouraged this time around with like eliminating and pruning some of the abilities that they're doing um the tank changes look great um pretty much the playstyle before that i actually really didn't like was every tank had two stances a damage stance and a tank stance tank stance decreased the amount of damage you did but it also increased your survivability and the damage stance just made you do more damage but at the cost of survivability and like hp and damage reduction and shit like that so now they're making it so tank stance just increases how much aggro you generate and how much damage resistance you have passively is just always on your character. So it's like less m micromanaging. In that regard, you just toggle on a tank stance if you want to accumulate a ton of aggro quickly. But, you know, there's no really no reason to ever, like, drop out of it. Which kind of became the, the real endgame for tanks for a while was managing how much time you could spend in tank stance. But... Once you have a good aggro lead, swapping to damage stance and just like tanking and damage stance. And I'm a little bit too paranoid to ever do that. So I felt like my tanks were always doing less damage. But also I was like, I'm keeping you guys alive. What does it really matter? Um, I'm really excited for Paladin this time around, which I was not expecting really. But um, one of the abilities they showed looks like straight up like Holy Knight from final fantasy tactics shenanigans oh they're that's like, pretty cool i think their capstone level 80 ability is like you swing your sword and just like a massive blade of light like pierces the target from the ground which wow. is like a lot of what um the holy knights use in final fantasy tactics so i'm pumped to channel that aesthetic into my hrothgar paladin now crash mm -hmm. that was as interesting as all that was, and it was, I need to call attention to what uh, Cassidy has just put in the chat. Yeah, this is the um, description and stuff for that Chaos Emeralds mod. Um, let me go ahead and read the description for everyone. Please. Mm. I sometimes wonder if somewhere in the infinite timelines, if there was a guy named Jim who had a jewelry store called Jim's Jewelry in Canada. His store got so popular that Jim was called the King of Canadian Jewelry Stores. So this guy, called King JJ, watched Yuri on Ice and saw there King JJ, who was amazing but shafted in the end. Would the theoretical mm. King JJ liked or hated Yuri on Ice? These questions boggle my mind. As a solution, I made an astro weapon that is the Seven Chaos Emeralds from the Sonic series. <laughs> Okay, I just I just looked up the um the weapon that that model will replace, and that star globe isn't very cute. So honestly, that's an upgrade for sure. Hell yeah. Um, that's like the weirdest thing about um modding your game is like you will have like the best looks, like you know, just like custom textures, complete model replacements. But I can't help but to think of how crazy my character would look to other people if, like, I was just running around in, like, a complete model swap on my screen, but on their screen they just see, like, a hobo wearing, like, level 5 crafting <laughs> gear. It's a little funny to think about, because, like, it's one of those things where you're like, 
in real life you're like picturing yourself as much cooler than you are but in reality well it's also like just like general like your perception of self versus how other people perceive you Mm -hmm. i think that also we can revisit that topic uh when we get into talking about gender more (laughs) yes but um cassidy what have you been into lately um i'm gonna say that i dug back into homestar runner Mm. i've watched uh, quite a few of the animations again recently because their official youtube channel has been re-uploading a lot of them which has been good because sometimes it'll be like oh yeah there's this random one that i haven't seen in forever but it's also the origin of hey steve um, for those of you who don't know, because it has been sort of like on like a semi hiatus since 2010, Homestar Runner is a flash animation series from the early 2000s, like literally the year 2000. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Created by Mike and Matt Chapman, also known as the Brothers Chaps, who basically created this um, series and kept it running until about 2010 when they were like okay we we were doing all right with the store and stuff but we have families now we need to do other stuff just to be able to support ourselves and they ended up working Mm. on shows like gravity falls and yo gabba gabba and stuff like that as writers yeah that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. and then in 2014 after gravity falls had ended uh they started doing animations again it's only over like one or two a year tops um usually like april fools is a big one or halloween is the other big one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, i think may have been last year may have been the year before i think mr poofers must die mm. it's a primo one right there yeah i only know homestar runner from the videos you've sent me i don't think it was really in my like in the sphere of the internet I inhabited when I was younger. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like some people were really into Homestuck. Some people were really into Homestar Runner. Mm. Um, let's see, what are some other big things from early 2000s internet? Uh, I'm trying to think, because I know I was there. Uh, fan fiction and message boards, those were also big. Yeah, my brain just went to Gaia. I was like, that's just a message board. My brain went to fanfiction.net, which I inhabited a lot in, like, middle school and high school. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because I was very into the fanfic community and the shipping community. Not that I'm not anymore, but, like, I think I was more into it during that time. Like, more in the actual community than kind of more on the outside now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's interesting to go back and look at something like this that has been around, like, has existed and has produced stuff for over a decade. And looking at how it changed over time, like, this, even down to, like, art style and stuff, because it is a Flash animated thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, like, stuff like the ma- major characters having big changes over time that. You don't really notice if you're going in order, but if you just, like, jump from the newest thing to the oldest thing, it's like, whoa, what happened to Strong Bad's accent? 
Uh, Strong Bad is a character, like one of the more popular characters from the franchise, showed up in. Uh, well, one had an entire actual video game series made by Telltale. Uh, Strong wow. Bad's cool games for attractive people. Um, it also appeared in Poker Night at the Inventory, the uh, Valve poker game that had like the heavy weapons guy and stuff. And then there yeah, was a sequel. Yeah. Uh, okay. But yeah, uh, as at the beginning that character had like a his character design is wears a luchador mask mm. um and has boxing gloves it's strange um as just like a general generic concept um but his character started with like a very thick accent and then now it's just like vaguely gruff mm-hmm. which okay. is definitely an improvement but it's like the fact that it changed to that over time without many people noticing at the time is interesting. Plus, there's just like a lot of good jokes. <laughs> I mean, from the videos you show me, it seems pretty good. I definitely should check it out now. I would, I, you know what? I would describe it as the internet version of SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. In that, like, if you watch this, it affected your. Uh, sense of humor in a similar way as spongebob did for most people of my generation yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah i was i didn't really get it i i was around people who were into home star runner um in high school and i've seen a couple of clips here and there the uh the like stick figure girls. That's Homestar Runner, right? Yes, that is one of their like side things. Teen Girl Squad, which is bad, if you ask me. Yeah, I don't think it's aged well, but it's. I feel like I've seen that. But like a lot of the other stuff, I think does vaguely hold up. Like um, mm-hmm. most of the strong bad email stuff, like that was one of the most popular parts of it. Yeah, and then the. Uh, their fake generic future video game parody universe of 20XD6. <laughs> where anime Stinko Man, or anime Strong Bad is called Stinko Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gotta love that localization. It's, That's pretty funny. They definitely nail like, the cadence of early anime dubs. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say maybe if you missed out, go back and watch some of like their more popular, or maybe just stick start with some of their newer stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. It's all on their webs their email now. Not all of it. Some of the old stuff still being uploaded, but you know the important stuff is there. Yeah. They're making a board game actually that just got I think it got fully kickstarted the Trogdor oh, nice. board game. Oh, that's cool. Trogdor being one of their most popular like in jokes about yeah yes yeah it started as a how do you draw a dragon start with the letter s give it a big beefy arm (laughs) just a single one jutting out of the neck area (laughs) and it picked up pretty fast like even in like 2004 like four years into it i think they started doing some like collaborations with they might be giants. Mm. And stuff like that. That sounds familiar. 
I'll give it a, a watch. Mr. Poofers is probably a good starting point, actually. <laughs> I'll remember that. Yeah. I think same. I showed it to you, Charlie. I think when you were down here, I put on Mr. Poofers Must Die. Oh, yeah, I definitely think so. Now I'm remembering it. Mifa 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 Moo. <laughs> Meeple? No, no, not that one. <laughs> Meeple Must Die. I mean, he almost died. <laughs> in the last episode we watched spoilers <laughs> spoilers <laughs> i was i was catching up on on uh precure podcast engaged today so that's why i had it on my mind uh charlie what have you been into well i'm also gonna be talking about a final fantasy but instead of talking about final fantasy 14 i'm gonna be talking about final fantasy 9 oh uh, yay now, if you know me, if you've had a conversation with me, I might have brought up the fact that Final Fantasy IX is my favorite of the Final Fantasy. I I never completed the game back when I was younger, because in my household, it was me, my dad, and my older sister that would always play video games. And since I was the youngest of those three, I often got relegated to just holding the guidebook and like helping them out. Instead of mm-hmm. actually playing the games. But Final Fantasy IX was always my favorite. It's the one, it's the last one for the PlayStation 1. And about, I think, two months ago, it was finally brought to the Switch. And it was really funny because the day I found out, like, because they announced it last year that they were going to bring it to the Switch, that and Final Fantasy VII. And yeah, I think some other like... Final Fantasy titles. Yeah, um, it's 7, 9, 10, 10, 2, and 12. And then that was also the same press event where they talked about Crystal Chronicles coming to the Switch, and then they've completely shut up about it. Yeah. And I hope Crystal Chronicles does come to the Switch, and that they just haven't forgotten about it, because that's also a good one. I'm not bitter. I don't think about it every single day, how how fun it would be just to hang out with friends and play Crystal Chronicles with y'all. Yeah. I know. But yes, uh, so I was really excited about that because I was like, oh, finally, my favorite Final Fantasy game is going to be ported to the Switch. And I'm really excited about that. And the day it came out, like, I had no idea. Like, I just saw people like, no, it was that when they announced it was coming, like, to the Switch, it was the same day that they released it, like, of this year. They're like, oh, yeah, Final Fantasy IX's on the Switch today. And I'm like, today? Yeah, Nintendo loves doing that, where they're just like, hey, then this is out today. He's like, well, thanks, I guess. Fuck. So I immediately bought it because I was like, you know what? You got my number, Nintendo. I definitely will just buy it today. I probably shouldn't spend this money, but you know what? I'm going to. I think it was only like 20 bucks, so it wasn't that bad of like Mm -hmm. a deal. But it's def- and it's also it's also an enhanced port too, so it's not just like they literally copy pasted it from the PS One. It's got you know cheat codes. It's got enhanced graphics. Is it a retranslation or is that just seven? I'm not certain if it's been retranslated or not because it's been I a while. I kind of feel like it maybe didn't even need it because like seven needed it, but I don't think nine did. Yeah, I I don't think nine did. I mean, I don't remember the original game. As much like the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But, like, it's a really fun game, because you play as this thief named Zidane. Although, in my playthrough, I've been naming all the characters after angels. Like, I've just been Aww. looking up angel generators. Uh, I sh- wrote down what I named everyone, but I don't remember what I did with the paper. I know uh, Zidane is named Ezekiel. VVA uh, mm. renamed Mur, like M-I-H-R. Yeah. Cannot remember when I gave Garnet, but she has that little like uh, it's, it's like those two part names with the little uh, what's the word? Uh, hyphen. Uh, no, the other one, the apostrophe. Yes, that's what I'm looking for. Mm. Between the name, uh, gotcha. I have, I have almost everyone. I just got Freya because I just uh. I think one of the last things I did in the game was the, uh, the, uh, monster hunting festival. Oh, yeah, yeah, Festival of the Hunt. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's a really fun game, because it's, you're basically this thief who has, like, this tail, which isn't explained until later in the game. And, like, the plot of the game, like, what's going on, like, with St. Dane and Kuja and everything, it's really wild. Yeah. Once you learn, like, exactly, like, what happened in the past and why, like, Kuja is after. It's definitely a... It definitely is a Final Fantasy game, because, like, once you get really into the plot, there's just a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's also um kind of a little bit of a late bloomer with its plot, too, because, like, you're starting... You start, like, really, like, granular, like, okay, what's happening here in this town? Or, like, what's happening to this person? And then it becomes, what's happening to this continent and this nation? And then it's, like, what's happening to this planet? <laughs> yeah. I always kind of really liked about... One of the things I really liked about Final Fantasy IX, um, being of the age where I got to play kind of seven, eight, and nine. Uh, when they were like not really like new but like at least current um it was like you know seven you're playing you know an, an action hero who you know he's a little bit of smart aleck um cloud and he's like you know he goes has he kind of has his you know emo phase as everybody says but i feel like it's pretty justified i will defend cloud to my dying day but then you get squall right after cloud and he's like a little bit broody too and he has like trust issues and he doesn't really like let people into his life and so you have these like two kind of brooding heroes back to back but then you get to nine and zidane is like such a breath of fresh air for your lead he's so funny and just like charismatic and he's a little bit of a chauvinist but like yeah he kind of like there's like layers to him he's he's rather complex too he's definitely one of those people that like uses humor and like quips to deflect and doesn't really really want to like talk about himself he'd rather talk about you and it's it's so and then like and i feel like zidane kind of leads the way for titus and 10 and titus is you know he's also kind of fun loving but he also does have like that little bit of like angst inside of him too and like familial stuff again like um just uh i love the final fantasy boys so many good boys yes and a lot of the emotional beats of the game even though i haven't gotten there again still like resonate like vv's whole thing where he learns that uh, the black mages are created to fight in a war and that they don't have a very long lifespan. Like, he's not going to live a very long time. And yeah. dealing with all that. 
and Garnet's whole thing with her adopted mother and learning where she comes from and having to deal with all that. And Freya's missing boyfriend, like, when you get to see him again, that still gets to me. And even, like, the small thing, uh, like, near the beginning of the game where you, uh, where you free the, uh, forest and it, as it's becoming petrified and blank, ends up getting trapped there for a while. It's still, Mm -hmm. like, it's still such a really good game and it's still, like, all the little moments in the game still resonate with me and still, and I can still see why I love these characters and why I love the entire game and everything. Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite ensembles for the Final Fantasy series. Like, in other games, I really gravitate towards, like, a handful of characters or, like, the lead or, like, the love interest or whatever. But, like, 9 is one of the few games where I could say, like, I love 80% of the cast. I think the only person I really don't really like nowadays is Amaranth. I kind of just wish she was replaced with Beatrix. Just give me Beatrix all the time. Hell yeah. I would like Beatrix. She's great. Yeah. I have her I have her in Final Fantasy Brave Exvius and she's like top tier. She's so fucking good. For sure. And like I I really do like her uh, romance with Steiner. Oh, he's so awkward and she's so confident. And I love that dynamic. Yes. <laughs> and I know definitely like once we get to the scene where Garnet like cuts her hair, I'm probably going to be really emotional about that. Like just everything that's going to happen later in the game, I can already tell I'm going to be, like, the same way I was when I first saw the the game and just having to go through it again because it was just the first Final Fantasy game I fell in love with and it's just nice to go back to the game and play it again and just still feel, feel connected to the world. Yeah, it's, like, it's such a grand adventure, too, because, like, Um, One of the things I've always really liked about the pre-Final Fantasy X Final Fantasies is, like, just, like, walking around on this world map and just, like, getting fucking lost. But, like, eventually you find, you you look up a guide and you figure out where you're supposed to go. But it's, like, you know, you just feel so grand walking around on this world map and then, like, you know, getting your random random encounters that, like, slow things down a little bit. But, like, when you finally get going, especially in 9, like, Disc 2 picks the fuck up. There are so many, like, crazy boss fights, wild locations when you finally get to, like, the Ifa tree. Like, that is crazy stuff. Yeah. And the cheats that they have, which were, I think, on the Steam port, like, where you can mm-hmm, deal mm-hmm. 999 damage or just turn off random encounters or start the battle already in a what's the word frenzy is that the it's trance, trance for nine it's um it's a, a mechanic they have in final fantasy six as well where tara can go into a trance form and they make a delineation between tara and trance tara in final fantasy brave exvius as separate units but every time i read trance tara i just read trans tara and i'm like yeah of course <laughs> trans oh, icon yeah. tara and, like, it, it just makes the game a little easier, especially if you're, you've you already played Final Fantasy IX or you just really want to play the game more for the story so you can just yeah. breeze through all the battles and you don't have to worry about uh, any, like, fighting out in the wild. I, di- I do have to say, when I first started it, I didn't realize those cheats were there and I accidentally pushed the one that just speeds up everything. So, like, mm. all this dialogue was flying p- by, and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> Why is the dialogue suddenly speeding up so fast? I can't keep up. <laughs> There's, um... 
I don't know if you you've heard about this, Charlie, but there's like um kind of like a challenge mode in the game where if you can get to disc four in under ten hours, you can do an optional boss fight with Lich, which is one of the elemental archfiends from Final Fantasy One, and it unlocks a hidden synthesis fender. Oh. That lets you make Excalibur 2, which is technically Steiner's best weapon, and gives him access to, like, some of Beatrix's abilities, like Klim Hazard and shit like that. I did not know about that, but I'm definitely going to see if I can do that. Because with all the cheats I have on, I also gave myself uh, the highest amount of money because... Mm-hmm. I thought about making myself level 99, but I'm like, no, nah, you know, it's fine. yeah. Um, I, yeah, with with the the, the switch um, cheats or or enhancements, I guess you could call them as well. Um, <laughs> um, I I I feel like that challenge is so much more um, accessible because for the longest time it's been like you know you can only really get that if you skip all of the like. Um, those like side cutscenes that i really like yeah you like you push select it was select on the ps1 controller i don't know what it is now but you push like select it and gives you like another scene of other characters interacting i just love how that fleshes out the story and like these characters personalities but it's like if you want to get that time you cannot watch any of that and then also a lot of people advocated for doing a sequence break in the game that was pretty well known where you would um, get a gold chocobo way before you were kind of air quotes supposed to. So you could do a sequence break where you just skip um, getting Garnet back to normal. So she's like in that weird state where she's like kind of self-doubting herself and like her spells will fail. Oh. But it also skips like two dungeons, which speeds up the game considerably. Yeah. So it's like, a lot of people were like, just do that and you'll make time. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I love using Garnet. She's my favorite of the two white mages. Why would I do that to her? I know. <laughs> yeah, depression skip does not sound worth it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and like her sprite changes. She's like literally sad in her sprite. And oh, then no. she's like also failing her casts. I'm like, I don't want to do that to her. But like from from what you're saying and what I've read about it, it sounds like it would be so much easier to pull off nowadays with what they've given us on the Switch port and the PS4 port, I think, as well. Yeah, for sure. But that's mostly, I've been doing that mostly because I just really love the game, even though I've been a little bit slower playing it lately, but. I mean, take your time. It'll be there when you get to it, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So I think that covers what we've been up to. Are we ready to get to the topic at hand? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I'm just being weird. I'm bringing weird energy to every podcast I record this week. Uh, well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, gender. Gender. I already made the joke. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess. I'll start off talking about what gender means to me. I, for a long time, what, for those of you who are unaware, listening to this, I identify as transmasculine by gender, 
and my two genders are male and this like gender void but like I feel them equally so even though I do often use masculine terms like boy man boyfriend stuff like that my non-binary identity is still as important to me as my male gender because you know by gender they're both there And it took me a while to figure it out because, you know, when I was younger, I didn't really know what being transgender was, and I had no idea there was anything like being non-binary. Because, you know, I I feel like the first time I've ever really seen, like, the word transgender, like, was introduced to the concept was uh, in the movie Angered Management, which has a really mm. bad uh, portrayal. <laughs> in it well like yeah. that was i can't imagine that's a, uh, any sort of tastefulness no <laughs> but that was really the first time and then in high school i you know online i would saw i like i would interact with actual transgender people and i would and i became more aware of it but i already saw it like that's not something that i am and mm. like thinking back on it it's it makes a lot of sense because you know i was I feel like I'm a little bit of this stereotypical trans mass person where I was very much a tomboy growing up, where, like, I didn't really like wearing dresses, I never wore makeup, like, I would always, like, play in the dirt and stuff, and, like, I was just always more, like, the way people saw me was always more masculine than feminine, which is weird because of how I am now a days. I feel <laughs> like I switched in some way. I mean, I think you just kind of came to a more fuller understanding of, like, who you are and how you want to present, you know? That's true. I really think uh, in the recent years, I've become much more accepting of myself. And because uh, what there's hmm. being because I consider myself gender nonconforming because I'm trans mass, but I really like. Uh, presenting femininely, I really like being considered pretty or cute, and I feel, and which is fine because you know, if you're listening to this and you feel the same way or feel like you don't fit into the box that you're supposed to be in for your gender, like you're completely valid, and anyone who says otherwise can go fuck themselves. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. But like, I really didn't consider that I was transgender, even though it made. A lot of sense, and like what it wasn't until I was 19 where I really saw the term non binary, which was on Tumblr, and I realized, oh, that's me. I, oh, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I don't feel like I fit into the binary concept, and I definitely don't feel like a woman at all. Mm-hmm. But it took me a while, like my path there, I went through several identities until I realized that no. I definitely am trans mask because for a while I avoided identifying that way because I was still pretty feminine and I thought that I couldn't. Like, I thought that because of how I presented that I was just kind of pushing that away because I saw a lot of negative comments. Like, if you look online, you'll see a lot of trans trans trenders as they're so-called, which is a bullshit thing. 
mm-hmm. a lot of them are like, oh, this is what a real trans man looks like, and this is what a fake trans man looks like, and the fake trans man is always really feminine and not on tea and stuff like that, and are always identified more with that side. So I always felt like if I say that I'm trans mask, people aren't going to believe me because... And it just took me a while. And it took me a while to identify it's by gender because I always saw it as more of a male-female split. And I didn't realize it could just be whatever two genders you wanted. So it took me much longer to get there. But now I'm very much out and proud about who I am. Like, I'm, well, I'm not out everywhere, but like, when I talk about it, it's very important to me. And I've started to get rid of all the negativity that held me back from identifying the way I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um kind of really unfortunate that like I think there's like an expectation for trans people to do XYZ in their journey of however they choose to transition and it kind of sucks that like with that expectation comes like um you know kind of guidelines for like you know this is real this is not or like you should be doing this you shouldn't be doing that but it's like shit like that completely discounts the extremely personal experience that everyone's going through with their own gender identity and how their presentation what that means to them what they need to do to be comfortable in their own flesh we are all trapped in our our meat prisons and we need to do different things to feel comfortable and I, I just, I hate that, like, that, like, this is, you're, you're not real because you don't do this, like, kind of mindset. It's horrible and extremely toxic. Yes. What I want to say is, basically, if you're a true scum or a transmedicalist, you can go mm. fuck yourself. Because yeah. you're just yeah. hurting other trans people. Hmm. It's, Yeah. <laughs> my pretty much my experience with gender was um i knew really young not like really young but like i knew relatively young in my teenage years that i was attracted to men so like for me i kind of did the um, sexuality then gender kind of journey i know some people kind of do that too but um so i i knew i was attracted to men but unfortunately my upbringing and my household that i was in wasn't really keen on any sort of anything like that um so it really wasn't really until i went away to college that i could like even entertain you know like dating somebody or like doing anything outside of my own presentation that i was doing at the time um and so in college when i moved away to athens and i was able to go to uga um, you know, I was able to meet other trans folk and like kind of like just like listen to them, listen to their stories, listen to what they were going to going through, you know, and like a- Athens, Georgia is a beautiful blue pocket, an intensely red area. And it's just like just such a great like queer haven and just being around all those people helped me realize that like, you know, I wasn't cisgender, but I, I kind of, you know, like a lot of folk went on a journey of like okay but if i'm not cis then what am i and so like 
for a bit i was like agender feels right and then for a while it was just kind of like gender fluid but while i was identifying as gender fluid i never really thought about like pronoun usage it was just like i used he for the longest time i was just like very comfortable in my mannerisms and like how i presented but like i knew for me all i knew that i was gender fluid and that was enough and it wasn't until kind of like you charlie like i was getting more into like online trans spaces that i like learned about non-binary and kind of like the broader umbrella term that kind of described kind of the smaller identities that i was using previously and i was like you know gender fluid didn't really feel right i was kind of outgrowing it in a way i don't know if that's the best term but like it just didn't feel like that coat didn't fit anymore yeah i think that's a good way to say it and i was in in the market for a new coat and i heard about that brand of non-binary and i was like i just i don't feel like i need to put a specific term on my my gender identity it's just kind of this mix of like you know i feel like i like the way i dress but sometimes i wish i could incorporate more feminine elements into it or you know like maybe once in a while i want to treat myself and like paint my nails things like that um but unfortunately like my job is my job has an anti-harassment policy in like our code of conduct but also in the state of florida you can just be fired for being trans so (laughs) um i'm not really comfortable doing anything more that would put me in like that much visibility at my place of employment and just kind of for my own safety I tend not to do a whole lot of stepping outside of the box that people expect me to, which is, it kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> not going to lie. Um, but that's kind of like one of my long-term goals is my boyfriend and I are both, um, he's already work from home at our job and I'm working on going work from home at my job. And then once we are both work from home, we can leave the state of Florida. <laughs> I feel... So, not to cut you off. I feel similarly. I my work also has anti harassment law, and I don't think in Connecticut you can be fired for being trans. Mm-hmm. But like the last trans person to work there was still going by their dead name and still being misgendered, and it just always makes me feel kind of like I don't really feel comfortable coming out because I don't know how they're gonna react or like if it's gonna happen to me like i just feel much safer just not saying anything and just yeah it's like sometimes it just sometimes it just i don't know i just don't want to rock the boat about it you know like it's taken me a while to be comfortable like talking about being you know attracted to men in public um and you know now that i am i am you know, dating somebody i have been dating him for you know seven six years at this point and like it's kind of old hat at this point and i i don't feel uncomfortable about that but um there's just <laughs> i don't know it's i still like it's that next step yeah of like fully realizing my gender i still haven't quite gotten there yet i am still on that journey 
Yeah, and it definitely takes people a while, because it took me, like, seven years to really find something that fit for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, like, no matter how long it takes or how many times you change, I think it's, you're still valid in how you feel. Because mm-hmm. sometimes it's just hard to figure out, and sometimes what fit once before doesn't won't fit in the future. Yeah, I think um, since my presentation has become a little bit more private, um, one of the things that I'm constantly thinking about is how I present in online spaces, and so like I've been trying to like not really have like masculine avatars on you know like my twitter account and stuff like that like i try to have like drawings of like women because like i don't i don't use she her but she her feels a lot more comfortable than he him whenever i get he him i kind of just want to throat punch somebody (laughs) (laughs) i feel Um, the same way when i get she her so it's kind of like i mean if you're gonna like if you're going to have a pea brain about this, you might as well use she, her. It's not exactly for me, but I would rather that than just be flat out called something I don't like. Um, but so for me at this moment, the thing I have to think about constantly is presenting online and also like in MMOs, um, a lot of people don't really, I think we talked about this last time, people don't really tend to think about like the concept of like, maybe your character uses a different pronoun than like, the sex that they present you know like the gender that you can see like somebody could be playing a you know trans masculine character that uses an air quotes feminine base but like and like um that kind of sucks sometimes so sometimes i'm just like i just want to play a female character oh sometimes i just want to play a female character because then like at least the npcs won't be calling me he him but also sometimes i'm just like but also I want to play masculine characters because that's what I'm attracted to and they're fun to look at. And I don't know, I like like big burly characters that are like big dumb sweethearts. That's why I really gravitate to Hrothgar because they all look like they give you a really big hug. Yes. Um. So like that's like a weird conundrum. I've been literally debating all day whether or not I want to give up my main character who is currently a female elf and make her a Hrothgar. Because then I would be Crashing Waves, the giant blue lion. And I kind of really like that. Mm-hmm. And I and I could just learn to accept that, like, Crashing Waves, the giant blue lion uses he, him. I don't use he, him. But, like, this character I'm inhabiting does. And, like, that actually doesn't sound too bad, thinking about it that way. Yeah. I mean... It depends on how much you can dissociate yourself from the characters you play. Mm-hmm. Which is something like in a lot of, in almost every single tabletop game I'm in, I play as a girl. Because I really like playing female characters. I really like playing more feminine characters. But yeah. sometimes it leads to the people I'm playing with misgendering me, which is frustrating. Yeah. But also, like, the power of thirst, I think, can carry me pretty yes. far. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, literally the time is ticking until horny mar- mods come out for Hrothgar. <laughs> um, Cassidy, what is what is uh, your gender journey been like so far? Um, like, it has some overlap. 
um, with some of the stuff that's been talked about already. But let me just go ahead and start with episode 26 of the Pokemon anime. Known as Pokemon Sensation. Uh, it's the episode where... It's the Erica gym battle episode. It's the episode mm. where in order to get into the gym battle, Ash, for reasons, has to dress up like a girl. <laughs> uh, this is important. <laughs> this is an important artifact of my life. This yeah. and literally any other episode of any show that I ever watched that involved either body swaps or gender swaps or literally anything along those lines where the boy character is currently either presenting, has to act like, or is now a feminine character. Mm-hmm. It's like, as a kid, I was like, oh, I really like these stories for some reason. Weird. Or, and like, <laughs> when I was playing with, like, toys, I spent a lot of time playing with Legos and things that were Lego-esque. And... Yes. Like, that led to me, like, telling those same stories in with the things that I was playing with. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's it. That's weird. The, doing this makes me feel funny inside. Weird, mm -hmm. huh? Okay, moving onward. Uh, hmm. <laughs> um, and then, like, growing and going through um, stuff like playing Pokemon and then starting in like gen three which my favorite generation of pokemon but besides that it was like one of the first ones that i ever owned where you could choose between male or female trainer yeah and just same like with me yeah um go ahead i just I, I completely skipped crystal like my parents didn't see like the need of getting me crystal so yeah i had I, both I, gold and silver did not own crystal i mm. owned all three but there was three of us children in the household so we all had one <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh but like there was sort of like this rush i would get and be like yeah i'm gonna pick at pick the female trainer this time and then like i had like this like oh no i need to like make sure i'm not using this save i have to delete the save file or something before i play this anywhere someone can see me yeah and that kind of like gen general like guilt almost which is mm -hmm. not a great feeling to feel about yourself when it's something that's completely reasonable to do like even without the gender consequences yeah mm -hmm. and then like that the concept of i'm playing the female character and basically everything that gave me the option to and mm. then disguising it in the performative masculinity of, oh, I just want something nice to look at. Joke, joke, joke. Mm -hmm. um, and then throughout high school, the performative masculinity of being like uh, almost hyper aggressive, but not like actually hyper aggressive. The performative aggression of performative yeah. masculinity. And then I got to college where I was completely like, oh, I'm away from everyone that I ever knew. And I'm never talking to any of them again, really. Mm. Which is true. I haven't talked to any of them since. God, I wish that was me. Like, that was one of the few benefits of living so far out of the way, like, even in the small town. 
I was like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still 30 minutes away from anyone that would know me. And when I go into town, most people aren't going to recognize me anymore. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I had so drastically changed my look in the four years I was away. And, like, throughout that, like, throughout my entire life, there's always been, like, the, well, maybe I should try it. And then just one year, I was, it, like, things lined up to where I would have my house in the middle of nowhere to myself for a week. And I had, like, some money and a sudden, like, amount of courage that had come up. I think mostly just because of the people I was hanging out with at the time were generally better people. Like, more open and stuff like that. Like, several, not several, but like a couple of non-gender conforming people in my friend group at the time. Mm-hmm. And eventually it just led to me saying, like, okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to see if changing my appearance like this makes me feel better. And it did. And then I was like, okay. Well, that's interesting. Okay, I, now that I know this about myself, where do I go from here? And then... um, So I just basically went back to classes... I had to, like, mostly nothing happened. Obviously, I had still shaved and all of that, so I had to deal with that. Um, but then that spring break, just, like, a couple months later, we went somewhere that was so far away, like, completely different location. We went to Athens when normally we were, like, north of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And God bless Athens. Yeah. <laughs> I decided, okay... I'm going to do this again, but me, I'm going to like talk to my friend and treat this as like a social experiment instead. And it went well. And eventually I was just like, I'm going to, maybe I'm gender fluid. Maybe that's the thing that I am. And that went on for a few months until I was like, actually, no, I think I just genuinely like this part of me more. I'm going to become this. Mm-hmm. And now I'm a trans woman. And that's literally all it takes is to just say, maybe I'm this, and then try it out. And if the shoe fits, you're wearing it now. That's your shoe. Yeah. You yeah. get to have that's, that shoe. That's the best part about gender. I think people don't realize is like, especially like when you're like thinking about things and like you're mulling it over, like that thought of like, gosh, I wish I was a whatever, fill in the blank, whatever you need here. Gosh, I wish I was this your brain you you need to like tell yourself like but if you want it you can be it you can have that if that is what you want you can be that and that's all it takes just let yourself be that and then you've got it and if you don't like it you can change it out for something else yeah there's yeah no borders no masters no rules just right (laughs) gender exactly it's like literal wild west out here you pick a gender you get your gender lasso out and you go that's my presentation you go and you like bring it in and then if you don't like it you can just like let it go yeah and hearing you talk about playing a girl characters in your youth and being like there's something about this makes me think about the second D D character i made 
who was a very feminine boy that everyone thought was a girl. And like, <laughs> I think back to it, I'm like, oh, oh, that's just, I, that was, that was me. That's me. Hey, trans... you want me to let you in on a secret about one of my OCs? Because <laughs> <laughs> guess what? It's the same. Same hat. <laughs> Okay, mine's a different hat, but similar energy. My first D&D character uh, was a druid because he was shunned by his family and he had to live in the woods because they didn't accept him, which I feel like is very like baby queer kind of first D&D character. I yes. Mine wasn't even like that far with like the subtext, but like thinking about it, it could easily have gotten there very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, my alchemist OC. She was an elf. Like that wasn't really the important part. The important part was I had just, after coming up with this character, I'm like, I love this character so much. And I started describing myself in similar ways. I was, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, calling myself an alchemist, like in online persona stuff. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like, it was part of making a website for like, a literature class it was weird it was like they got tapped to do this new thing so basically i got a free website out of it for a year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and like having up after uploading like some of that art of like the character that i had drawn at the time and combined with like the same color being used for basically everything else there and the same description being used for myself um uh, the teacher who i looked at it like this is like this character seems very freudian i'm like that's not the right word here because i that it's close it like <laughs> looking at it now i'm like that doesn't make any sense and then now i'm like no it's very close to being right actually instead mm. of like this being what i want it's like this is what i want to be yeah yeah for my first dd character he was shunned because um he had like a drop of human blood in him which manifested in him having wild and curly red hair which is essentially somebody something somebody can't really help but he brought shame to his elf community and they kicked him out for it and so like that like you know people holding something against you that you can't help but that's just like intrinsically a part of you it was like oh gosh that poor kid needed therapy and fast and then i got it <laughs> yeah and like my dnd character was based off a anime character and like his backstory was that he was raised as a girl because it's suggestion in the family to raise one of the sons for this particular type of dance where you take on a more feminine role so he was raised in this much more feminine way but and so a lot of people upon seeing him would just be like oh that's a girl but no, he's really a guy. And I just think about how, like, it's just really close to the trans experience of being raised one way, but no, in truth, I'm actually this. And, like, I just think about that, and I'm like... And it's funny, too, because uh, he ended up dating the character of my ex. And our relationships mm. in-game was very similar to our relationship outside of game. <laughs> which was it just was a weird thing that happened too yeah I, <laughs> it's always funny um 
when you play tabletop with people kind of consistently and you like can you feel yourself kind of like drifting into like similar mechanics that you've played before and you're like oh this also just feels like how we act in real life yeah <laughs> yeah i i have a friend who i play D with pretty consistently ish over the last couple of years and we always end up being like very like sibling kind of friendship and like i end up being very protective of him and then in curse of strata i let a vampire bite him oops oh no <laughs> <laughs> i just i want to point out now before it gets too far away that earlier i did like do a big pull on my water bottle i'm leaving that in the audio because that was me taking my medicines my oh. hormone oh. medicine Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's important to leave that in for audio purposes. Exactly. Hell yeah. I, one day, I really hope, because they're putting up a health center like five minutes from where I live, and I'm really hoping that I can go there and start talking to my doctor about getting on tea. Which is, <laughs> hey, tea is a funny way to say testosterone because, you know, it, it it's simple it's just tea but every time i talk about tea with someone they think i'm talking about like the drink tea and i'm like no spill no. the tea <laughs> <laughs> I, get the tea i should call it what i've been calling it in my head when i talk to them which is boy juice <laughs> delicious delicious boy juice oh yeah um yeah i drive by um i drive by a hospital going on my way to work which is also in the medical industry, um, <laughs> but there's a, a like a, there's a lot of like smaller clinics around the hospital that I drive by, and one of them is just like literally called like hormone replacement therapy, and I'm just like, I should just like pop my head and be like, what's what do y'all do here? So like, some of it is like there are like certain things that um, AFAB people assigned female people yeah, have yes. to deal with like that does involve just hormone replacement therapy which is something yeah that yeah I like learned. when you have a hysterectomy and like they remove your um your ovaries you need to take estrogen to maintain yes. the amount of estrogen that your body would have produced naturally i'm very aware of the different types of hysterectomies which makes yeah. a lot of sense <laughs> <laughs> for me but yes well the interesting thing about that is that uh, what I learned is that menopause is basically when your body stops producing estrogen. So mm. technically, I could take tea up until my body would hit menopause. And it, I might be able to stop taking it without worrying that estrogen's going to uh, stop flowing back in. Mm. Although I do want to get a... This is maybe a little bit more personal than people are comfortable with, but I do want to get a hysterectomy eventually. Yeah, I mean, like, it's kind of a not uncommon procedure even for, like, AFAB people. Or cis women, I guess, would be the better way to describe yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> there we go, there we go, there we go. Um, But, yeah, no, like, gender is the thing that constantly changes, because, like, even just a month ago, I learned something new about my own perception of myself. Like, it always mm. changes. So I have an important question. When you right. guys see HRT, do you say HRT in your head or do you say hurt? Because I already say hurt. Oh, I say HRT. <laughs> I say HRT, but usually I just, like, even when I read HRT, I'm like, oh, hormones. And mm. it's just me who, who says hurt. 
That's interesting, though. I feel like that's gonna, like, creep into my rotation of thoughts now. Thank you. You're welcome. Ah, the Hurt Locker. Is that what you call your pill case now? (laughs) If I had one, I would name it that for sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hmm. Oh, also, um, for those of you who are looking into it, it's something that I learned when I was trying to find a new place to continue my HRT. Certain Planned Parenthood locations will do that. And they'll do it with the informed consent. You just go in there and you sign a waiver. Um, But it's only certain locations. Like, I think there's only one or two in Florida that does it, for example. Mm -hmm. And none of them are near me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Figures. (laughs) I... I I think for me, in my journey, I want to speak to a licensed therapist about it before I would even consider, like, doing, uh, like, kind of informed consent. Mm. But, like, um, that's not the path that everybody needs to go on or, like, should. Like, I think some people just, like, have a good handle on, you know, their gender and can make that decision. Yeah. I think I just need to talk to somebody about it first, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, not everyone has to go on hormones. If you don't want to, that's fine. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, some people don't want to get top or bottom surgeries, and that's perfectly fine as well. Yeah, like, I don't want to get bottom surgery. I'm fine keeping what I already have, but I do want top surgery. I definitely want to and i'm definitely ready to make that stupid joke when i do where i can say guys i finally got something off my chest (laughs) i love it it's so good now so i know when they remove your wisdom teeth they sometimes will just give it to you in a jar do we do the same thing (laughs) 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 me just high in payments can I keep them? Just yeah, them in the jar. DIY uh, titty mouse. Or the mouse pad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the um, trans women I follow on Twitter has started getting um, laser on her face. And I'm like, I would kill to start getting some laser treatment big same right like i'm max i've been off of um spiro for the past month and now like Mm. things are starting to come back in like coarser and quicker and i'm like no oh no but luckily i can just go pick up some more tomorrow it should be fine also i'm really excited now that we're just talking about hormones and surgeries and stuff i'm really excited when i take tea because one of the things that happens on teas, you gain muscle mass faster, and I'm already pretty yeah. muscular. Well, I'm already pretty buff because of my job, and I'm just really excited to become the buffest but softest boy. It's a it's a good combination, and I'm excited for you when you get to there too. Thank you. That's uh, that is that is the masculine combination I can. that's for characters that i play that is like the masculine combination that i feel comfortable in is like buff but strong i don't know why that doesn't feel as bad but like it's my favorite my goal is one day to get buff enough that i can when i see cassidy i can just pick her up in my arms that's good that's extremely good yeah i 
I just got my uh, updated weight today, so that's a goal. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I may only be five feet, but I will get there. Don't worry, I should be able to meet you in the middle. <laughs> uh, I looked it up, and it sucks how much some of these surgeries cost. Um, oh, yeah. Just because, mm. like... I was like, oh, yeah, what's bottom surgery cost? And I'm like, oh, that's more money than I could ever have in my life at this rate. Right. Yes. It's not feasible for a lot of people. And I think, like, some people have to, like, you really kind of come to terms with that. Or, you know, take out loans, crowdfund, you know. I know uh, a lot of people go to Thailand to get surgeries because it's pretty cheap there. It's like one of like it's known for that because so many mm-hmm. people go there to get surgery. Yeah, it's just especially since I am in the field of say I do back office finances for a hospital. Um, yeah, I, I'm very like keenly aware of how expensive like just being in the hospital is, but at the same time, like. I want to go to someone in in my network because then I feel like I could just be like, I don't know. I, I could not imagine going to a whole nother country to get a procedure like that. That's like that life changing. Yeah. But also some people do. And like, if that's your journey, then power to you. It's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it sucks thinking like, man, I'm not going to be able to go swimming ever until I get, you know, $25,000 is a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never made that much. Like, even over the course of a year, like, ignoring taxes and stuff, I've never gotten to the point where I make that much money in a year. Huh. Mm-hmm. So I just looked up uh, the cost of bottom surgery because I was going to try and compare it to Thailand. But the thing is, I don't know if this is accurate. So if it's not, someone can correct me. But it seems that it costs more to get bottom surgery if you're uh, uh, AFAB and getting, like, a dick. Mm. That makes sense. It sounds like it's a lot more work. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely yeah. is. Because it says it's, like, 50000 or more for that. Yeah. And that's... I'm really glad I don't want bottom surgery, so I don't have to worry about that cost. God, could you imagine, like, Medicare for all, like, partially covering that kind of surgeries? God. I had the taste of that today when I went to do my, uh, like, opening HRT appointment for down here. Like, yeah. I just walked in. I mean, I had to sit in the uh, exam room for, like, a half hour, but that's because the person I was seeing was, like, sick and is making sure that they were okay with leaving after they were done with me. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just went in there, I talked to her, it was like, hey, these are the medicines that I was on, I would like to be back on them, please. And she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, to sign this form. Yeah. And then they yeah. drew some blood, and then I was like, hey, do I need to pay anything? And they're like, nah, you're good. Yeah, I um, am keenly aware of how really cool it is to be on, like, government-issued insurance um, due to my job, and it's... 
I mean, I feel like I my job would completely change if we switched to a Medicare for all kind of system, but it would just be so beneficial to like everybody in this country and like Yeah. I just like sometimes I just like stop and think at work like god, if we can get that legislation to pass, that would just improve so many people's lives. It'd be a uh, fantastic. Yeah. And looking up uh it- like insurance, like if insurances cover it, it seems like if you live in California, you have it the best because mm-hmm. uh, California has a law that prohibits insurance company from denying transgender medical insurance benefits. God, I love that. Yes. <laughs> so shout out to California for just being on top. Yeah. Also, shout out to that motorcycle revving outside my door. Hello. <laughs> They're excited about California covering uh, uh, transgender surgeries as well. Hell yeah. But it's like, I, I don't know. I think it's also like kind of crazy that like doctors aren't even really like trained to interface and handle, not handle, handle is a bad word, but like interact with transgender patients. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's to, like, not even kind of... get into like some of the things that are trying to be passed literally today. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, that's... Mm. Yeah, it's definitely uh, pretty scary. Yeah, one uh, the of, motorcycle agrees. Especially uh, one of the laws, which I'm not going to go into, but if things get worse for me, one of those laws would fuck me over. Yeah, it's bad times. Yeah. 2020 election, very important, y'all. Please show up. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I don't have to change any like registration stuff now that I've moved. If you're, have you changed your license yet? No. Okay, then you should still be able to vote in for uh, Georgia. Yeah, but then I'd have to drive all the way up to Georgia. <laughs> you can request a absentee ballot. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You can do that. I need to change my address. Uh. Because when I registered to vote, I was living, like, four houses down from where I live now. Mm. But it's still not the same address. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they're they pretty, um, at least here in Florida, they're pretty, like, strict about that. I had a lady make me sign the, like, pin pad again. Because she's like, that doesn't look like your signature on your license. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Although, <laughs> uh, I learned that uh, I can actually... Uh, change like, like uh, what's what I'm looking for? In Connecticut, I can actually go like up to the polls and take care of all that stuff there, like on the spot before I go oh. to vote. Yeah, like Connecticut's pretty good with uh, that kind of stuff. Like, cause I was looking it up, and I'm like, oh, so even if I forget up till we vote, I can still like do it there at the polls and still be able to vote. Cause that's what oh. I did when I registered the vote the first time. How did I forget <laughs> this? I registered to vote the same day that I voted in the last presidential election. I so, love, like, Connecticut's pretty story. good. <laughs> uh, Mario Kart, go to the polls. Mario Kart, go to Pokemon, go to the polls. Connecticut's a pretty bad state in a lot of things. Like, it's super expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty good in some accounts and other things. Yeah. Alright, do we want to move on to our final... Uh, not the final, but like what we're doing instead of questions because we don't have any questions. 
questions. Yes. Yeah. Because no one loves us enough to ask us questions. How could I mean, you all betray us? No, okay. I'm choosing to t- take it as I think our, our listeners are choosing to not ask us too intrusive and invasive questions about gender and they are trying to respect our feelings and instead we just put it all out here yeah (laughs) guess what y'all got it yeah (laughs) you're breaking your podcast hearts (laughs) listen you're dealing with us i'm pretty open like it's whatever I have tears of openness. Like, I'll let you in a little bit, but after that, it's locked off. Yeah, I'll say this on the podcast, but, like, I ain't never gonna be horny on main. <laughs> yeah, I've I've tried to dial that back. I kind of like separating that from main. I'm barely horny off of main. Like, it's... It's impossible. <laughs> I'm pretty horny on main. Sometimes I can be. I was worse in my past. But if you follow my, well, I guess I'm mostly horny just to my with myself because I don't post much of my nasty words. Uh-huh. <laughs> that sounds wrong. <laughs> Party for one, as Carly Rae Jepsen would say. I've been saying a lot of things this episode that you know I can't take back, but it's fine. <laughs> they are in stone in podcast history forever. Listen, I have no regrets. I mean, yeah, I've pretty much all but come out as a furry this episode, so it's fine. Okay, so instead of questions, I have pulled up the E3 2019 schedule. Nice, nice, nice. Nice! And I guess we're just going to make predictions or talk about stuff. I don't know. I'm just going to go through the list and we'll talk about things and see what happens. Okay. Uh, so it starts on Friday, June 7th, with the EA Play event. Technically not part of E3, but it's like across the street, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, you know, EA stuff. I'm guessing yeah. we're going to see Star Wars things. Yeah. And sports I things. Do they do Sims presentations? I don't. I feel like they don't anymore, um, unless it's like a new game. Yeah, like they, I think they announced like the new game, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what they were showing off the year that we saw Snoop Dogg smoking a blunt on camera. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Weed 3 was real. Because, like, that same press conference, like, Zach Efron and, like, two other people were like, yeah, we got to go find Snoop Dogg. (laughs) Oh, my God. And they were sitting there playing the game and they were extremely high. I think it was a Battlefield thing where they just had, like, a bunch of celebrities. Excuse me while I open up another beer. Honestly. Gosh, that, uh, that sounds like the best way to experience, uh, E3. Be high. Yeah, let me see if I can pull up a video just so we can, just so people have it. Let me see. Best of Weed 3. Also, this beer is really good. Oh, nice. It's called Peach Jam. It's made by Two Roads. I've learned recently that I really like foodie beers. They're good. All right. I have posted the video Best of Giant Bomb 100 hyphen Weed 3 in the chat. I think I'll watch that after the call. Yeah. But I'm excited. 
It's just yeah, so I'm if people listening would like to watch along at some point. Mm-hmm. All right. After anybody else have anything to say about electronic arts? I really um, wish they would put out more sim stuff because as much fun as modding it is, I would like you know like some new expansion. Well, they did have a new expansion, didn't they? The uh, Stranger. Yeah, they've been pretty consistent from what I've heard. What is it called? Uh huh. I don't know. I just I don't I don't trust E three these days. <laughs> The expansion was something eat. with aliens. I don't remember. They should mm-hmm. actually put in a hype mod so I can stop having my Sims awkwardly make out with stomachs. Mm. Right, right. <laughs> uh, let's see. Saturday, June 8th, Nintendo is doing their Smash Brothers tournament, their Super Mario Maker 2 Invitational, and their Splatoon 2 tournament all on the same mm. day. Oh, wow. Um, I'm. You know what? I could imagine them trying to do what they did a couple of years ago when they were supposed to announce Ryu, but it got leaked. We might see what the next character is here. Mm. Um, they'll probably show off something new for Super Mario Maker, because I know they did that one year as well. Or did they just straight up announce Super Mario Maker that year? As part mm-hmm. of like the the Wizard Tournament or whatever it was. I don't watch E3 enough to say... I watched that one like it wasn't like an E3 thing it was just like a Nintendo tournament because like it was the first year they've done it did it since like the movie The Wizard (laughs) (laughs) oh god that movie is something else it sure is oh that was also the same thing same show where Reggie Fils-Aimé said on stage into a microphone that he was going to kick someone's ass (laughs) (laughs) rest in peace Reggie rest he's still alive he's just not with the nintendo anymore yeah and he has a twitter account and all he ever does on the twitter account is post pictures of things that he got after leaving nintendo <laughs> that is good it's a brand now that is very good all right so sunday june 9th e3 officially actually begins with mm-hmm. microsoft that's xbox yes the xbox I don't play any Xbox games anymore, so I'm not sure what they might do. Maybe, hmm, what's an Xbox game? Well, Xbox boss Phil Spencer plans to go big. Oh. (laughs) I'm guessing, like, I could see them, like, doing more of their cross-play with PC stuff. That seems to be something they're gearing towards with with how Game Pass Mm -hmm. was. Which, Game Pass sounds like a great thing if only I had a Windows 10 computer. Because it's like 10 bucks for a bunch of games, non-spawn. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, the Xbox Live Game Pass or something like that. It's like, yeah. Um, that's how most people were playing Sea of Thieves. I do have a win- Windows 10, so maybe I'll check that out. Hmm. Yeah, they announced it like forever ago with, like, with Forza Horizon 2 or 3. And I was like, oh, that would be really cool. And then I never got a new computer. Mm. <laughs> I saw rumors going around that they might be like doing a new Fable thing, which could be fun. Oh, that would be awesome, because I really liked Fable 3, and having a new Fable game would be cool. Speaking of gender, uh, in yeah. Fable 2, that the, like, in the post-game content, 
there was a quest you could do that ended with you getting a potion of gender changing. And I regret immensely not taking it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Fable was important to young me, but mostly because of the, like, the queer romance aspect. Yes. Uh, I did a lot of boy kissing in uh, Fable 1 as a male avatar. I married a lot of people in that game. Not Fable 1, but Fable 2 and 3. Mm. I can't remember if Fable 2 is on PC or not. Which I feel like leads more into a different identity I have. (laughs) 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 Then gender, but that's a topic for another time. I don't think it's ever going to be a topic for this podcast, but... Um, yeah, I don't really keep up with Microsoft stuff other than like Sea of Thieves and stuff like that. Um, but I wish them the best, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to look at. Yeah. Sometimes they just drop a car onto the stage. Was was Peggle 2 Xbox? Yeah. Peggle 2. Yeah. Maybe Peggle 3. You never know. Oh, shit. Speaking of cars, I was just looking at my... Uh, Microsoft games, and there's a lot of Forza games, so maybe there'll be another one of those. More <laughs> yeah. car racing. I don't know if they would be on another Horizon game, or if they're on a regular Forza now. Because they've been, like, bouncing back and forth, like, every couple of years. Yeah. It seems the latest uh, Forza game was Forza Motorsport 7, which came out in 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's probably time for another Forza Horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Forza Horizon is the game that, like, every time I see a Forza Horizon game, I'm like, I want to play that so badly because I loved playing Need for Speed, like, Underground and stuff. Mm -hmm. Games where you can just, like, trick out a car. And then in, like, Forza Horizon games, you can, like, extremely trick out a car and drive around with, like, an anime on your car, for example. That is really good. The custom cars in Forza games are very good lately. Um, But yeah, after Microsoft, we have Bethesda. Same day at night. Um, They are not going to be talking about Elder Scrolls 6 or Starfield. So what the hell are they going to talk about? I was like, I really hope they talk about Elder Scrolls 6, but then you just said that. So, so here's the thing. Well, actually, hold on. Let me be more specific about the details for this. You can go ahead and say your thing okay. while I pull it up. Well, I guess all I was going to say is they have a ugly cloud hanging over them, which is Fallout 76, their abysmal launch of an online game. I think they have to do some uh, crowd or uh, damage control on that uh, before people can get excited about, like, Star Force or uh, Elder Scrolls Six, yeah, yeah. Plus, like Rage Two also didn't hit very well. Like that game is out, and it's <laughs> mediocre. Yeah, the only thing I heard about it was Chris Plant at uh, Polygon was like, "I talked to the creator of Rage Two about how kind of crappy some of their mutated monsters have cleft palates, and as somebody who had a cleft palate as a child, you know that's." harmful and i don't like that and he talked to the director and they were like we'll look into it and i guess they didn't because they didn't change it yeah that's the same thing with when blizzard was like oh no our main model's horribly 
broken we'll look into it and then they never did yeah and like the new one she has a skinny waist and a broken spine again yeah no like even the old one still has that by the way last time i played the game i double checked and it was still there Uh uh-huh no yeah and it's still in the game and still being put on new skins yeah because you know they want those like you know heavier set characters but that are thick in the right way air quotes you can't see the air quotes i'm doing but i'm doing them yeah no it's 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 to appeal to the most bottom denominator of cishet men yes (laughs) (laughs) who are too weak to handle people with actual weight okay but they want thick anime girls yeah all right so i have the full sentence here uh this is according to GameSpot. Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield have both were both announced and given tiny teeter, teasers during E3 2018 uh, alongside details for other games. But Bethesda won't be showing anything new year's year because quote that's just a little sneak peek at the technology that we've been building says Todd Howard. People are going to see the tech at first actually in Starfield and so that tech will have like etc uh but before anyone asks please be patient it's going to be a long time it's not something we're going to be talking about at e3 either of those games this year so patience please but given the elder scrolls anniversary we did wanted to give everyone a taste that's according to todd howard known liar though (laughs) yeah yeah i think i think it's classic bethesda tactic where you spread a lie and then you you're like oh we're gonna subvert expectations by spreading a lie and then showing that shit anyway and it's like we don't trust you todd you lie to us you're probably gonna show something and it's probably gonna be a different gif of the game but it's not actually gonna be like any gameplay unless Um, they put skyrim on the ouya before the ouya store goes down (laughs) (laughs) Do you think they're going to say anything about uh, Oscars online? Almost I don't know definitely. What's going on. Um yeah, I think it's going to be like ESO in uh Fallout 76. Hell, you know what? They might be adding Skyrim to Elder Scroll online. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> also, like they they still have the Doom game that they haven't talked about lately, uh Doom Eternal. Right. They probably still have a Wolfenstein thing that I don't remember. Did that one where you play as the girls come out yet? I have no idea. I don't think so. There's there's some stuff they can talk about. Maybe they'll uh-huh. finally port a, f- a newer Fallout game to Switch. Maybe they'll port any Fallout game to Switch. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's weird how like Skyrim's on every console, but like Fallout Four didn't get that treatment. Oh, just <laughs> even give me Fallout Three. I love Fallout. Put it on Switch, yeah. please. <laughs> for me bethesda <laughs> all right um let's see monday there's pc gaming and limited run games i don't know if anything ever actually happens at the pc gaming conference they usually just talk about parts last i remember like valve sometimes shows up there but valve doesn't make games anymore no no they, they do not um limited run games as is actually an interesting thing i think it's mainly because sony doesn't have a spot this year so they're just sort of taking this one limited run Mm -hmm. being the company that just makes physical versions of normally digital only games oh 
Um, they say they're just going to plan several upcoming releases, as well as the entire schedule for remaining remaining PlayStation Vita titles. Oh no! Do people use PlayStation Vita? I do oh. to play PSP games. <laughs> I'm sorry. The limited no, like most of limited runs Vita... products were PS Vita things too. Uh-huh. I think like I don't know why, but like a lot of stuff has gone through limited run that was like visual novels or something people who just want to own mm-hmm. a physical thing to put on their shelf yeah the people who collect visual novels really like the physical uh copies of them i mean i would definitely own physical copies of visual novels so i can't say much there <laughs> all right and that brings us to ubisoft or as GameSpot has called them the assassin's creed company <gasps> Which is the shade rude. of it all. Do you think so? We're getting um, they're doing an expansion for Odyssey, right? Yeah, uh, I think that's what they would show here. I don't think they're going to s- announce a new Assassin's Creed yet. Yeah, yeah, I think Odyssey people will like Odyssey, so I think we're going to see more Odyssey content. Um, I could see them like maybe if there's a Watch Dogs three, they could talk about Watch Dogs. Uh, they're definitely mm-hmm. going to talk about Just Dance. They always talk about Just Dance. I wonder. Always. I wonder if they're going to talk about the Division Two because that's a recent game. Oh right? yeah, they always talk about the Division. Yeah. Before the Division One came out, they talked about it for five years. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate the Division because of it. <laughs> but there's like a lot of stuff Ubisoft could do. And most of it's interesting. You know what? They'll probably also talk about uh, Wildlands, cause, or not Wildlands, but the sequel to Wildlands, whatever that's called. Mm-hmm. The one with the Punisher being the bad guy. Um, after that, Square Enix. Okay. Which day is this? This is Monday, June 10th. Okay, so Final Fantasy fourteen will not be on the Square Enix presentation because we have a slot on the 14th. The day after E3 is over. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, I think that's mostly just for the community. I don't think they're going to do like, they're not doing like stage stuff at that time. Um, okay, so Square Enix. Here, let me read I don't this think we're gonna... list real quick. This year, yeah, the broadcast yeah. will take place at Ju- on June 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern, the time slot that Sony usually takes because Sony's not going to be at E3 this year. Square Enix mm. teases that this year's presentation will showcase, quote, another exciting lineup of titles, end quote. Although no specific huh. games have been confirmed yet. Interesting. So, semi-recently we've gotten the teaser for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Maybe yes. we'll get, so like, I'm... an attempt at a release window for the first episode mm-hmm. if it's still episodic. I really yeah. hope so, because I really want to play... The um, I don't think we're going to see any Kingdom Hearts. Oh, oh unless they I... say, like, did any of like the bonus content ever drop for yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3? So, uh, Critical Mode is out. But they haven't released the special ending or anything. No, no, they haven't done uh, the, like, Final Mix DLC that they've been talking about yet. Maybe they'll say something about it here. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, maybe they'll talk more about that at E3. Yeah. My, like, my wish among wishes for this Grand X presentation is um, 
they did a tech demo last year that was titled Agni's Philosophy, which featured a female lead just kind of kicking ass and using magic. I think it was supposed to like utilize their newest engine or like some other some somebody else's newest engine. Um, but I really and they were like, this isn't Final Fantasy 16. So don't get your hopes up. But they also said that about the tech demo from Final Fantasy 7. And now we're getting Final Fantasy 7 remake. So I'm hoping that that was a teaser for Final Fantasy 16. Mm. And then there was, um, I think, also the Nier Automata people were at Square Enix last year. Maybe we'll hear more about whatever they were working on. Do you think they're... Do you think it's going to be Square Enix or uh, Nintendo that would talk about the uh, port of uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. I know that's coming to the Switch. Nintendo has confirmed that they will be talking about it. I have a list of everything Nintendo has said they're going to talk about. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited that, for that game. Nintendo stage. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping maybe we'll get like a... We're working on Final Fantasy Sixteen. It's on the way. Especially with the... Um, departure, I guess is the nicest way to say of the director of final fantasy 15 and how they've completely canceled the last three episodes of that uh, final fantasy 15 i know um, i and i'm still upset about that because i'm just yeah like, <laughs> one of them was supposed to be luna freya centric you know the love interest that gets never mind the love interest that doesn't get treated well by the plot because it's a square enix game um yeah and there was supposed to be a dlc about her and that was cut wasn't also one for Noctis cut? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was um, Arania, Noctis, and Luna Freya were all cut. Two women! Hmm. Yeah! Hmm. But but they they let you... The last one they put out was about uh, the abusive, uh, terrible villain that like, tries to sympathize him. Hmm. So that's cute. Anyway, I really hope, I really hope they tease 16 because I'm very over 15 at this point. Yeah, for sure. I would love to see I... <laughs> what's going to be next in the Final Fantasy games. Yeah, they they owe us they owe us another female protagonist. I know we mentioned it at the start, but maybe they'll say something about Crystal Chronicles for the Switch. Maybe we will get a new Crystal Chronicles game. Period. Ooh, that maybe could be they good. will revive the franchise also let's not forget the fact that i think um there was that rumor forever for the past several years now of a crystal dynamics or somebody said square enix doing an avengers game yes no that's so confirmed they've they had a teaser last year yeah so it's just a matter of do they show stuff yeah it was just uh we're working on it and everyone was like nice yeah this thing is like square enix has gotten a lot of brands because they have um yeah. deus ex so they have like deus ex and laura croft yeah and, the last laura um, croft game didn't hit very well and i feel like they're sort of running out of runway so they're gonna need to cool off for a while before they reboot it again i'm guessing yeah, yeah. i could see it's been a minute since the the last deus ex yeah so that's they may be something having, i was thinking that could be they cool. could have something in the works for that um they could have something for Deus Gex. <laughs> oh, 
Gex confirmed for the PS4. Hell yeah. I mean, honestly. Because, I mean, like, the Crash Bandicoot collection did really well, and, like, the Spyro Spyro collection collection was great. Yeah. Give Gex a reboot, or the, like, HD treatment. Bubsy is still making new games. I mean, now I'm thinking of Gex with those uh, sunglasses that the uh, main character of Deus Ex has. I think his name's Adam? Adam Jensen. Adam Jensen. (laughs) He didn't ask for this. That's the only thing I know about Adam Jensen is that he did not ask for this. <laughs> when y'all have some time, you should watch the Deus Ex 1 speedrun. It is very funny. I will definitely check it out. It's like 30 minutes and there's a lot of like wild out of bounding. All right. And then the final piece of the E3 pie is Nintendo. Nintendo. I feel like, like even without even seeing anything, I feel like Nintendo is probably going to be the the strongest presentation. So they have, Just... like they've already had, like here's what they're talking. Here's basically what we're talking about, and it's a fucking list. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm excited. I can guarantee you, it's not going to be like. Uh, a year ago, the year before Smash Brothers came out, where it was just like, here's an entire presentation about Smash Brothers for E3. But also, I think that's what people wanted at the time. Yeah. Even though it stunk that that came at the cost of like them talking about literally anything interesting or fun. The thing is, like, even the Smash Brothers stuff they talked about wasn't like stuff that Smash Brothers fans cared about. It was like mm-hmm. Ike has two different voice actors. <laughs> spirits are in the game we're not going to tell you what they do but spirits are here bayonetta one's guns sound different from bayonetta two's guns (laughs) (laughs) i know there are definitely some nintendo things that i'm really hoping are going to be discussed at e3 so i guess i will hear what you say for the list yes let me here's here's what it'll say uh nintendo has said that it will focus entirely on software and will offer a look at games scheduled to launch in 2019 the lineup includes Super Mario Maker 2, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Fuck yes. Astral Chain, mm. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, colon, The Black Order, Dragon Quest 11s colon, Echoes of an Elusive Age, hyphen, Definitive Edition. I'm so excited to own that game for a second time. I really hope that they give the the people who bought it for PC and PS4 an update to include the definitive edition content. I know it's just for the Switch. You know, but that's what they did with um World of Final Fantasy is they came out with the definitive edition for the Switch, but then you could buy like a like a five dollar or ten dollar upgrade to the basic edition and it just like gave you all that that content for the ps4 and pc versions if you didn't already have the definitive edition that would be amazing because then i wouldn't have to buy the game for a second time but also it's on the switch and i can take it with me so it's like yeah and they've confirmed that it has an actual orchestral soundtrack which was my biggest complaint about the the ps4 version was like i was like you got a homophobic racist to compose the music for this game, and he doesn't even want to use orchestral voices. He wants to use fucking MIDI sounds. In 2019, he wants to use MIDI sounds. Ugh. Also, I'm really looking forward to the uh, uh like the stories about the like the main cast. Like, that's yeah. definitely one of the things that's going to make me buy this game. Like, getting more content for the 
all your uh, teammates. Yeah, I really liked, like, I, I haven't finished the game or really gotten far. I don't even have the last party member yet. Um, but, like, the characters I do have, I feel like what I know about them, I like all of them. Like, even, what is the um, the flamboyant one? Uh, oh, God, I know who you're talking about. Why is his name escaping me? I want to say Fernando, but I don't know if that's right. <laughs> but, like, I was... I kind of saw that coming a mile away. I was like, oh, we're going to have like this effeminate, flamboyant kind of stereotype of a, a gay man. But I actually like ended up really loving his character and like having him on my team. I'm just like, oh, you bring so much support and like debuffs and also damage. I just oh, I love having you around. His name is Savando. Savando. Thank you. Savannah's a good egg, and I actually really enjoyed him. I thought I wasn't going to. Yes. I thought I was just going to, like, grit my teeth anytime he was on screen, but now I actually, like, I stand, actually. Listen, that game came out in September, and it was still the most game, still the game that I played the most last year, so I'm very excited. <laughs> but Love continue, it. Cassidy. Yes, Animal Crossing for the Nintendo Switch. Now, I want Animal Crossing for the Switch as everybody else does. Like, everybody wants Animal Crossing for the Switch. But it's, like, kind of really disheartening, like, anytime Nintendo talks about anything else and everybody's like, where is Animal Crossing? And I'm like, I get it. We all get it. But, like, they're talking about Mario Maker now. Let Mario Maker have the spotlight for the moment. Please stop being annoying. Damon X Machina. I think I played the uh, demo for that, and it was pretty good. I thought it was really good, and for some reason, a lot of people hated it. Yeah, I got oh, that's wrecked weird. on the last on the last mission. I was like, I guess oh yeah, I the need last it. mission was like very difficult, but like the games that it is inspired by, like Armored Core mainly, can get mm-hmm. like weirdly difficult, especially on boss fights in particular. Mm-hmm. It's it's an acquired taste yeah and i think my thing too is like i didn't replay any missions so i could have like farmed for upgrades yeah there's a just lot like, I'm of just stuff gonna... you can farm for in that game too like just in the demo mm-hmm. i farmed for like mm-hmm. there's like four different armor sets like just like armor pieces yeah and then there was a really cool big sword <laughs> yeah and i was just like i was pretty much in half half starting gear half random stuff that i picked up off the ground i wasn't really paying attention to stats and it's like that's the kind of game where like you're gonna want to pay attention to stats like for sure mm-hmm. yeah and that like influences your play style and i just like i wasn't armored for my play style so i was getting hit by stuff i shouldn't have been and i wasn't dealing with the kind of damage in moments where i wanted to yeah and but... like not to mention that there's also like this entire out of mech combat system that i know i didn't even bother touching Mm-hmm. but it exists yeah i will say there is one piece like of there's one mechanic in the game that i thought was really really fun which is uh if around the world if you like hit a hit the scanning button there are like signs and certain pieces of graffiti that when you scan them you can later just put them on your mech Oh, mm. that's pretty cool. Like, the one I can think of in the demo was there's, like, a do not enter sign somewhere. And yeah. you, like, yeah. scan it and, like, oh, now I have do not enter on my mech if I want to. That's pretty cool. Love it. I love that. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3. 
Okay. Oh. Glad Luigi's still getting titles. I love Luigi. Gooigi. <laughs> Pokemon swoosh. I mean, see, it was gonna happen. I, yeah, I. On one hand, I want to stay away from Pokemon news because I feel like we knew so much going into Sun and Moon. But at the same time, my dumb lizard brain's like, if there's Pokemon news, you must find it out. Yes. Um, I think my compromise for myself is this time around, I'm not going to get into hacks or like data mining. Because mm-hmm. last time I fully indulged in data mining, I was disappointed. But if I don't do that this time around, then I, w- I can't be disappointed about what I don't even know and what they haven't told us yet. Yeah, for sure. I just have so many questions that I still need answered about the game in general. So I am going to devour all knowledge until I am full. Yes. Then Same. they've also been very quiet. Like they gave us the one trailer. They showed us our starters. They showed us the region. And that has been literally it. Other than like, I think at one point they were like, hey, making a console game is kind of hard, huh? And everyone was like, yeah, no shit. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the only other piece of news we've gotten is Koro Koro did the magazine contest that confirmed trainer customization. Yes. Yes. And that poor train the person who won the contest who got their shirt in the game with that Gyarados design apparently broke the terms of the contest and tried to sell the design personally and now their entry has been removed and they their piece of art won't even be in the game now oh, oh no. really because i was really excited yeah. to buy that shirt <laughs> yeah exactly it got oh. disqualified because they couldn't not want like it's a good design and i get like wanting to sell it yourself but yeah, yeah they, they tried to sell it off off of their own store, and Game Freak was like, ah, 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 and now they're pulling it out of the game. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't try and mess with a big company like Game Freak or Nintendo and try and do that. It was also, like, also a contract with Uniqlo, the uh, co- clothing company, because they were going to make the shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I can see why it happened the way it did, even though it's sucks mm-hmm. yeah it's unfortunate but a contract's a contract yeah yeah uh and finally on this list is legend of zelda Link's awakening honestly oh. i don't really need to see anything more about that i know it's going to be a cute fun game but i guess there are like yeah, a lot I'm... of people who don't know anything about Link's awakening yeah, yeah yeah i'm sold already but i think there's like people who are like what the fuck is going on and why do people like care so much about this and i think that it's mostly for that crowd Mm -hmm. link's awakening is the only zelda game i've played so i'm excited for it oh that's cool yeah i i played a lot of it on an emulator back in the day nintendo don't sue me but (laughs) i bought it on the 3ds so i have a legit copy and i'm gonna buy the switch version so you got my money eventually Mm -hmm. Um, and i i have a copy of it for a game boy pocket that i own also hell yes i own so yeah, I own the original game, so yeah, they had my so money. It's... And they'll get it again. <laughs> it's so much fun. Like, even, like, the base game is so fun. And, like, the way that they're able to take the style from, like, the pictures you can take from in-game that are, like, really cute and chibi and, like, s- translate that into this, like, clay almost diorama style is just galaxy brain game design it's so good let me let me pitch an idea to you though that would make this like e3 direct worthy 
Okay. Mm, four swords mode. Yes. One hundred percent. Absolutely. That'd be cool. Flawless. I mean, like, and they're wanting to like sell people on the online mode. You I know, mean, I feel like there's still some people who are on the fence about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I am sad to hear that one of the games I was looking forward to being at E3 is not going to be there. I really want more news on Rune Factory Four and Rune Factory Five. I mean, yeah. Rune Factory Four maybe. Oh, well, I guess there's not really much to say about it at a direct. Well, I mean, yeah. And but Rune, Factory, Rune Factory Five. Yeah, but that. If that's not coming out this year, they're not going to put it in the direct. They said specifically, like, hey, this is going to be games that come out this year. Yeah, they may be saving it for another press event that's like, here's what we're looking forward to coming in 2020. I hope so, because I really want more information on Moon Factory 5, because I enjoyed the Moon Factories I've played before, and I'm really looking forward to being able to play Moon Factory 4 on the Switch and getting a new Moon Factory. Not to mention, like, this also is including anything that uh, is going to show up on Nintendo Treehouse Live. Because they do that for, like, exactly. three That's days. Fair. And they have been known to announce things there. Like, I think they announced that Metroid game for the 3DS on there. The 2D one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll give Nintendo the benefit of the doubt that they will give us some Rune Factory news this year. Hopefully. Yeah. I'll take anything, just, like, seeing the main character of the new Rune Factory would be cool. Because I just really enjoyed Rune Factory 4, and I'm just really excited to see where it's gonna go. Yeah, and, like, all those games that have, like, like that kind of, like, domestic side, I'm always really interested to see what uh, kind of facets of uh, representation they put in them, like... Can you pick your pronouns? Can you romance whoever you want? Things like that. Well, any adult slash NPC that is flagged for romance that you want, and like um, those kind of conditions. And I, I always have like my eye out on like Rune Factory and and uh, Harvest Moon because I'm like, can I kiss boys though? Hmm? No, they haven't make done that as a girl? yet. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm hoping that they will eventually do that because. It sucks that you can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also am really looking forward to seeing who you can smooch in this game. Who are the bachelor and bachelorettes this time? Right? It's very important. Yes. Can you be gay in it? Let me be gay, you pea-brained idiot. That's something I want to yes. know for Rune Factory 4 Remake also because I know in the 3DS Ooh. version of Rune Factory 4 if you beat the game you can like pseudo be gay in it by changing <laughs> your character's appearance into one of the female NPCs. Because mm. like there's this whole thing like after you beat the game you can go talk to an NPC that will be able to change your appearance into literally any NPC. Yes. Hopefully they will let you be gay, because that would be nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, just going forward for the rest of forever, just let me pick my pronouns, please. It's easy. Um, so, Charlie, do you want to take us into the final segment? Yes. So... If you want to contact... That's not the final segment. What is the final segment? We gotta recommend things. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. 
I completely forgot about that. Just <laughs> cut what I just said. <laughs> uh, so, for recommendations about gender, ooh, I want to recommend a manga. Shit, me too. Go ahead. You do yours. Wait, are we going to recommend the same manga? Is it the one that I showed you when you came down? No. Okay, then we're good. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> the one I want to recommend to people is The Bride Was a Boy, which is a real-life retelling of a transgender woman as she grows up uh, and gets married to her husband. It's a very good story. Uh, it gives like some explanations for things like, uh, like what transgender is, surgeries, and stuff like that. And it's just a really... It's a really nice, like, story about this woman who, uh, just basically about her life and her being able, and, like, her life leading up to her marrying her husband and stuff like that. I forgot who, I need to look up the name of the person who made this manga. You know, everything that I've seen about it looks very heartfelt it, it's like you know a story about transness written by you know trans woman and that's you know always important you yes. know for us to be able to tell our own stories instead of like having stories written about us by you know cisgender authors yeah and it definitely like is just an interesting story because like some people might not be aware of like what's going on over in japan in terms of being trans uh the author is just named chi so it's the bride was a boy by chi mm-hmm. and if you also want to read a good uh book series that's made by an american author that's also is a trans woman you can read uh dreadnought that's the first mm-hmm. book in the series it's about a trans girl who gets the power like this superpower uh, I mean, comes Dreadnought, so it's, like, passed on from person to person. And it's a really good story. I will say that there's a lot of, like, the main character does have to deal with, like, some shitty transphobia. But it's a story about a trans girl written by a trans woman. So it's a really good series. Mm. Um, I think my recommendation is... To listen to the podcast They Them Theirs by the uh, podcast network The Orange Groves Network. Um, It is two non-binary hosts who kind of sit down once a month and just talk about what it means to be non-binary. The hosts, Rain and Joe, are, um, for me, like, just, it's so good and valid to hear, like, non-binary people talk about their journey with gender and like presentation and just like, but also just like just be friends and just kind of like goof off for an hour once a month. Um, They've done episodes about like gender neutral um, clothing brands and talking about like buying binders. Um, They've just talked, you know, they, they get off topic, but I think that's part of the charm of the show is they're not like, you know, it's not just like all information all the time. It's, you know, a discussion between two friends who are non-binary and I love it so much. Anytime it updates, I'm like, it goes like top, 
top of my it goes to the top of my queue and yeah um i couldn't recommend uh joe and rain show enough mm. but uh, they're on twitter at uh orange groves network or sorry orange groves net um and that's for like the whole network and you can find the links to like they them theirs and their other shows there good i i see it gets circulating around it definitely seems like it's something good Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, I'm gonna upload this and hope that I pronounce the name of this manga right because it does not have a translated title. <laughs> My recommendation is this manga, Fukakai no, it's Fukakai na Boku no Subete o. <laughs> hmm. And I'm gonna read the description and. You're going to have to stick with me because it's going to sound pretty rough at first. High school student Tetsu Iwaoka, Tetsu, I'm just going to say Tetsu, notices that his classmate Mogumu has always, is always alone at school, wanting to give Mogumu a chance to make some friends. The, the na- spelling of the name has changed in between the two sentences. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> to make some friends, Tetsu invites Mogumu to work at his family's maid cafe, although Mogu's initially enthusiastic, there is just one problem. It's a girly boy cafe, but Mogumo is adamant about ni- being neither a boy nor a girl. So, um, the concept of the girly boy cafe is a rough one, but like how it plays into all of the characters that work there is interesting. Each character has a different reason for why they want to work at a place like that. Um, and mm. it's also a business owned by a trans woman in the story. Okay. Um, let's see. It's... There's the main character... Of the main characters, Mogu is, um, like, non-binary femme. Mm. Um, and is trying to, like, deal with that. Like, as a... Con- like, there, there are parts in the comic where, like, uh, the manga where they're sort of, like, wavering, trying to make sure, that, and, but they mostly are like, yes, that's who I am. There's another character who's really, like, just enjoys working there because they like cosplay. There's another character mm-hmm. that works there because um, presenting as feminine means they don't have to worry about talking about their boyfriend. Mm. There's another character there that is, like okay i'm gonna be a i'm gonna stick with this quote-unquote girly boy title because that's that's the thing that they want to be identified as and then there's another person who's like actually no i think i am a trans woman mm-hmm. and it's a romance between the two protagonists the boy who invites mogumo to work at the cafe and mogumo themselves and it's I enjoyed reading it. It's one of those things like there's like looking up pictures for it. There's, um, for example, the panel where someone's like, yeah, I fell in love with them regardless of gender because it's still like in Mm. like the middle of what people are trying to figure out their own personal feelings about gender and sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The first chapter can be a little rough because like it's the whole like the concept of the girly boy cafe and someone saying the phrase don't take the girly boy label away from us Ugh. Hmm. but like after the first 
chapter or two things like settle into the this is an interesting like people interacting and finding out more about themselves Mm -hmm. and there is a character relationship that ends up being like really rough of like a side character who shows up who's like a woman who's like incredibly against the idea of men and that gets a little mm. rough because of their friendship with one of the characters. Mm. It's it's a tough recommendation, but I think I recommend it all the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also episode 26 of the Pokemon anime. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now we can go to the final, final segment. Alright. So... If you want to find us, we're us collectively as a hive mind. You can find us on Twitter at Hey Let's Talk Cast. And if you want to find me and talk to me about I don't know anything, you can find me at Magical Underscore Pride. I'm at Crashing Waves fourteen. And I am at Mad Lobotanist. That's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. And if you want to find another podcast that just me and Cassidy do, you can find that at Prepod Engaged, where we talk about the Pretty Cure franchise. Yeah, I can't believe Futariwa is already over. I know. It's, it, it was so short, but it will live forever in my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to hear a podcast that's only me, but also my co-host, Lava, and on the most recent episode, Charlie's there too, you can yes. find that over at Kids and Their Dog. That is a Scooby-Doo movie review and recap podcast. Hey, Charlie. Yes. We still need to answer Crash's question from last month, from two I months know, ago. But I forgot what the question was. Oh, okay, so... The question was, when the war comes, how you provide aid, aid to those in need. Um, I'm asking more or less, how would you tank or heal in an MMO? Ah, <laughs> I would definitely be a tank. I'm ready to take that. I'm ready to be very buff and resilient and take all that damage mm-hmm. for my I'm, TPs. I am also team tank. I'm a tank main. I'm going to be a tank main in Final Fantasy XIV again. <laughs> I'm going to go with healer. I like. I enjoy single target healing in certain games, but also like I think as a person, I'm more of an AOE healer. Hmm. Hmm. So Charlie, awesome possum. Do you have a question for us? I do have a question. Oh hell yeah! So, you guys, in the future, if aliens come to Earth. But they're like an alien race from one of our fictional media. Which alien race would you want it to be? Or just which media would you want aliens to be from? Hmm. So, people on Twitter, listeners, just uh, tweet at us which aliens you want to fuck and... <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I forgot how we end these. I couldn't tell you uh well until next month i hope we talked about it yeah i hope and you can talk about it too 
Bye. Workshop. in peace spotify playlist joke not clickbait live on periscope